0: Good evening, all God bless you. Praise God. Let's just pray before I start, if that's okay. Father God, Lord, it's a good and pleasant thing when the brethren dwell together in unity. And Lord, it's indeed a pleasant thing to come together to hear your word, Lord, to learn from the very throne of heaven. Lord, to learn from God himself. We thank you, Father that you've given us your word to instruct us Lord to carry us through this life we just pray now for your blessing and what I'm about to speak and Lord that it would be of some use and comfort and help to those that hear it in the name of Jesus Christ we pray Amen God bless you Um, just like what you were talking about there uh, laying the table before us in the presence of our enemies that's a nice image isn't it that when our enemies now maybe we don't have physical enemies but we have problems and when everything's going off round about us that God sits us down and leaves a table and provides and what a restful thing sitting and eating is and imagine doing that in fellowship with God he sets a table for us and he sits with us and when all the chaos is going on and when everything's happening he's there right with us fellowshipping with us and helping us and providing for us and that's a nice image I appreciate that Graham so tonight I'm going to talk about years and if ye's yeah I know a quizzical look straight away that works so I'll, I'll explain obviously shall I um, we'll start I'm going to talk a little bit about the blessings that are in Christ the things that we are in Christ and the old King James says, Ye are. And sometimes there's an if ye, there's a thing that you have to do or be to receive that blessing. And I'll start with an example, and that hopefully will explain straight away. So, John, if you want to turn to John 13 34, it's a very well known scripture. John 13 34. So, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, if ye have love one for another. So the ye are there is that ye are my disciples. And that's a fantastic thing. That word disciple means a pupil. So we're God's pupils, or in the Greek it means learners. So we're people that learn from God. And what a fantastic source of learning. In the world, people look to great men, they look to politicians, businessmen, they go to TED Talks, they listen to scientists, they pay a fortune to get an education. They go to university for years and years and years to learn. And they look to other people for wisdom. They might look to older people in their family. They might look to their friends. All these multiple sources. And we've got the one source that's above all of them. All wisdom comes from God. All wisdom. So the the ultimate solution, the ultimate person to learn from, is Jesus Christ. It's God. So we're in an incredibly privileged position as disciples we don't have to go to other people we don't have to spend years and years studying other folk and what they do we just have to study Jesus these pupils we're at his school every day is a day at his school thank you for the background there that's nice sound effects I don't know what I'm supposed to do with that one but it's a good one so we're always learning from him we're privileged people it says ye ye are my disciples That people shall know, all men shall know, that ye are my disciples, if ye. And this is the if ye in this one. If ye have love one for another. So the only way the world, the only way anybody is going to know that you're a disciple of Jesus Christ, is if they come in here and look and see us loving one another. If show love. So all that learning. All that time with the Lord, all that time you spend in prayer, all that time you spend in the Word, all that time you spend in that privileged position. I mean, Paul sat at the feet of Gamiel, or, I can't remember how to pronounce it, and it made him one of the, the wisest people of his time. He was sitting at the feet of Jesus. All that, all that privilege is useless unless we love one another. Nobody will even know we've got it. Nobody will even see it. It's worthless does the Bible say, no man hides his light under a bush. A city and a hill cannot be hid. If we don't do the loving bit, no man's going to know how learned our God is. No man's going to see that. We're only really his disciples. You're only really his disciples if ye love one another. Because otherwise you're a spent force. Nobody sees it. We can all sit in this room all the time and lock the door and talk about God and have a nice religious party and create and worship the Lord and the presence of God. But unless we're really loving one another, we're wasting our time. So, ye are his disciples if ye love one another. That's the outward expression of being somebody that's privileged enough to hear from God. And I think it's a wonderful place because I meet many situations in life that need wisdom. I've got a boss that's actually quite worldly wise. He's really quite clever at the politics and I do watch and learn from him. (laughs) But no matter what he does I go away and pray and God can show me exactly what to do. Just in an instant change the whole situation. And for all his wisdom and playing the game and for all his understanding of how the politics of a big company works, I've got a God that when I get money and whatever he teaches me is Perfect. So I just want to share how wonderful it is to be a disciple, a learner from God. It's not something we want to take lightly. Because there's nothing he can teach us that's going to be absolutely perfect for us. So that's the first one, okay? The second one is in John fifteen, fourteen. It says, I don't turn to that, that's okay. If you want to, but I'm, I'm going to read it. Ye are my friends. So imagine being the friends of God. Not only were we people that learn from him. We're actually his friends now. As has been spoken about today. We talked about Moses this morning which was fantastic. Moses was a friend with God. Right? It doesn't say all the Israelites were friends with God. The Bible doesn't record that. It says Moses was a friend with God. And he spoke to God face to face as a man speaks to his friend. So Moses wasn't one of everybody else Moses wasn't just one of the Israelites Moses was God's friend so that made him we don't know the exact number but one in two million or one in three million It makes everybody in here on par with Moses everybody in here is one in three million We're God's friends and friends are special friends are incredibly special friends are people you hardly know Friends are people you love, you care for, you share with. And that's the position that we have with God. He shares his plans with us. Jesus says that, you know, I'm going to share my plans. I'm going to tell you. He says you're not my servants anymore. You're my friends. And you think of the the upstairs-downstairs thing and all the servants, I don't, I don't watch any of these things but I've seen some period dramas and I haven't cried at any of them right? and don't let cardinal lie about that okay? Right, that's a myth and, you see them and the people are all sitting eating their dinner and they're all posh and they're talking politics and how they're going to rule the world or do whatever they're going to do and the servants are all standing quietly now the people that are eating their dinner and doing all the big stuff never talk to the servants they never turn around and go what's your opinion of the world economy? Servants don't get let in on it. They might go and gossip about it downstairs, but they're not the friends that are part of that party. They've not been let in in the secrets. Nobody cares about their opinion. God cares about our opinion. We're not servants. We're not just there running about in the background. God wants to share with us everything. We share with our friends. And the first people we talk to when things go wrong are friends. We're on the phone to our friends and talk and ask about things and knock things about. It could be your wife that's your friend. You could have friends outside that. But friends are absolutely vital. And to be God's friend is a wonderful thing. An amazing, an absolutely amazing illustration of that friendship is David and Jonathan. I'm just going to read this little passage in 1 Samuel 18. It says, And it came to pass... When he had made an end of speaking unto Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as own soul. And Saul took him that day and would let him no more come to his father's house talking about David. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant. So it's not just a friendship, it's become even tighter, it's a covenant. Because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David. And his garments, even to the sword and the bow and to his girdle. God loves his own soul. If you get anybody in your life that you love as your own soul, that you're that close with, it could be your children, that you just, there's nothing more important. That's the love that God has for us. That same depth of love that He's knit with us. He ripped himself. His name was Jonathan. He came down from heaven. He took off His glory. He took everything off. He took off His robe. He took it all off. And he stripped himself and he walked on earth and a man for us. Such was his friendship, such was his care, such was his love for each of us. He walked with us, he came to earth and he put on that righteousness. He took off, you know, Jonathan was a prince. So his his robe was important, who he was was important. So when he took it off and gave it to David, he was sharing that righteousness, that place with David you're mine and me and you were together. You can be me now. Here's my clothes. And that's exactly what Jesus done. He gave us his clothes. He came and he took his own jacket off and went that's yours, you're my friend. And you know that because so I've given you my jacket. And when you look in the mirror now you can say I've got Jesus jacket on. I've got a robe of righteousness. He gave it to me personally. He took it off. He made a covenant with me. And when I look at myself in the mirror now I'm a bit of Jesus, and he's with me. It's fantastically powerful, powerful, wonderful friendship. And we see a wee bit later on that Jonathan protects Paul, Saul, uh, David. He tells David what Saul's going to do. He looks after him. And God does that for us. He lets us in, and the things that are going, on are going to cause us harm, and he protects us, and he also gives us his armour. You see the scripture there, it says, Even he gave him his sword and his bow and his girdle. And we've got the armour of God. As a friend, God gives us everything. There's nothing he's held back. There's not a bit he's not giving you. He's giving you everything that he can. You're my friend. That's all yours. I love you. I care for you. It's all yours. So it is an amazingly deep and rich blessing to be a friend with God. It's a wonderful thing. Who, who can be a better friend than God? If God is for me, who can be against me? There's nothing can stand against him. And nothing can shake you when you're in Christ. But if you go back to that scripture. It says, ye are my friends. Ye are. So that's the year. And then it says, if ye do whatsoever, I command you. So there's, a, there's an if ye... If ye do whatsoever, I command you. So we can't be his friends and just do what we want. We can't be his friends and ignore his word. We can't be his friends and ignore the rest of the church and not love one another. We can't be his friends and say, I'll just do what I want. He says, if ye do whatsoever, I command you. And as friends are about. You work with each other. You don't. You're not a friend with somebody that's a thousand miles away. You've never spoken to them. So there's a closeness. There's a, a something that we have to do to maintain that friendship with Jesus Christ, to maintain that clarity of friendship, and that's to do whatsoever He commands us. And that's triggers on. And as I've said, henceforth I call you not servants, for the service know not. What the Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things I have heard from my Father, I have made known unto you. Disciples, I've told you. I've taught you. I've not held it back, you're my friends. There's nothing I'm keeping from you. But, to maintain that, we need to do whatsoever he commands. So that's the next one. Definitely not six months old. <coughs> to better than friends, we know we're children of God, aren't we? We're children of God. <coughs> in Galatians three twenty six, it says, "For ye are, you are." You can't change this. God said that you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. A friend's one thing; but a child's another thing. Once you're a child of God, you're the absolute apple of his eye. How much closer and how much deeper a relationship is that between a parent and their child? Children can be annoying, we've all got them, and we've all been them. Absolutely, and that's just family life. But God loves his children more, 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 because he says, "No, know, you as earthly fathers can do a good thing. How much more is that love of God? he loves us so much more than we can understand as his children and as his kids we've got access to his throne you know in the olden days when they had a king you had to uh, make an appointment to see him and the only way to do that if it was up in Stirling Castle when it was King James and whatever and you had to know somebody that knew the king and you had to put a petition in and you had to wait in a queue and that queue could be months and the further down the, the pecking order you were like us, peasants. Right, sorry if you're not a peasant, if there's any royalty here, right, i take it back. Right, but you, you can wait forever and never get to see the king. Wasn't he interested? He was interested in other powerful people. He was interested in talking to the English and signing treaties and ripping off everybody he could. We're the children of the king. <laughs> any time of the day we can... Dad, Dad, I know you're at your throne, have you got a wee minute? Aye, son, No problem boldly before his throne boldly, we've got no fear we've got no condemnation there's nothing that can stop us I've got a wee boy that will say Daddy, I don't want you to be angry but can I tell you something Uh is there something you've done We don't need to be afraid he's not afraid to come to me because he knows the reaction he'll get he knows he can be open and we can be open with a God that's ready to hear us any time of the day whenever we need him, he's our dad daddy help us it's Stephen that prays daddy and he doesn't come to church once, we need to pray for a new job for Stephen so he can get to church but he prays daddy and I love that <coughs> excuse me, I love that, I think it's fantastic so we've got access we've also got access to his nature we've partakers to his nature now unfortunately for Michael, that's true of him as well because I'm his dad <laughs> but fortunately for me my dad's got a better nature And I get to be just like him. That's fantastic. Imagine getting to be just like God. Imagine growing up with a dad. If you started and you had the perfect father. And you grew up perfect and you went to school. And you were just like Jesus. Perfect. Well we have that opportunity. He's given us the Holy Spirit. His nature. So that we can be just like him. The Bible says that he gives us the power to become the sons of God yeah, even to them that believe in his name and that word power is actually authority so it means you have the right to be a child of God and if you've got a right to be his child you have all the rights of childhood all the rights of childhood there's not wee bits out, he just gives you everything so we've got every blessing in Christ Jesus we sit with him in heavenly places he provides for us And we live in his house. And as we said earlier. We eat at his table. Like David done when he was invited in at first to be with Saul. You know a wee boy. A wee shepherd boy. And here he is comes in and he's eating at the king's table. And we know that went wrong. (laughs) But I'll tell you God's not going to fling any fears at you. You're his child and he loves you. And he cares for you. However. The Bible says, but as many as received him. To be a child of God, you've got to receive him. You've actually got to receive Christ. And that word's important. That word receive, right? Because if we receive something, we think of somebody going, James here, can you receive that? He said, can you just take it? And he's received it. Right? The Greek doesn't say that. The Greek actually says that you, the word receive means actively lay hold of. You have to actively lay hold of Christ to be his child. It's not a passive thing at all. It's not just a, oh, I've got Jesus today. i received him. And I hear people praying that, oh, I've received Jesus. The Bible doesn't say that. It says you need to actively lay hold of. And a good example of that is in Luke 24, 28. And it's uh, the road to Emmaus. It's a story we all know. And it says, as they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he was going further. But they urged him strongly, stay with us. And Somebody preached this, I can't remember who it was. They urged him strongly, stay with us for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. So they actively grabbed him actively said stay, they didn't just receive him, they didn't come to the door and they opened it. come on in Jesus, they said stay with us now that when it says to urge them strongly it means to force against nature when it says to urge them strongly it means, Jesus look we really want you to stay, we need you more than anything else, come into the house, we want to hear more we want to hear more Jesus and to be his child, that's the way you need to be it's not a sinner's prayer. It's not just a small thing. You need to actively lay hold of Jesus Christ. We can all walk with Jesus. There's people who walk with Jesus a whole life, and I'll tell you, they'll never actively lay hold of Jesus Christ. They'll never be in a position where they have put their life in a place where all they want and all they need and all they're looking for is Jesus Christ. And everything else doesn't no matter. They'll just paddle along, go to church, whatever. And they'll never actively hold of Christ. And the sad thing about that is they'll never know they've not done it. Because they'll think they've got it. I've received Jesus, I've said a prayer, I've done this, I've done that. We need to actively lay hold, hold of Him. And that's for us as Christians. We need to ask Him to come and stay. Jesus, come and stay. I want to hear more. We need to spend that time with Him. Father, I just want time with you. Actively lay hold, hold to Christ. And the disciples, when they'd done that, they got revelation, didn't they? <laughs> they get went from total blindness, they didn't have a clue who they were talking to. And when they spent that time, suddenly, my goodness, they spent time with Jesus, their eyes were opened up. And that's when we need to be with Christ, to be his disciples as well, to be his learners. Think about the time they'd walked in that road and they'd learned and they'd learned, they're listening. Oh, these scriptures are amazing. This guy's fantastic. He's opening up the redemption story. They might have been the first to hear it from the beginning all the way through to the end. They went through all the scriptures. Oh, my goodness, it all come together. And... But it wasn't until they actively grabbed them and kept them that they were in a position to be called children. Because that's what the Bible says you need to do actively hold to Jesus, Jacob wrestled all night with an angel all night, all night he wouldn't let go, he just wouldn't let go, he wanted something and he wouldn't let go and that's the attitude we need to have, so you are children of God you are if you receive them if you actively follow Christ <laughs> one more and that's it Galatians 3.29. So, being a, a child, as I said, there's, there's a blessing. There's a whole lot of blessings, and this is one of them. Galatians 3.29 says, And if ye be Christ's, if ye are Christ's, if ye are Christ's, then ye are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. If ye be Christ's, that's a challenge. We're all Christians. But it does say if you. that's a challenge to everyone. You're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Heir according to the promise. Our lineage goes all the way back to before time. Abraham is your relative in faith. That's fantastic. Isaac, one of my relatives. That's just tremendous. These people are all... The most, you know, that Hall of Fame of Faith in Hebrews 11, these are the people that are mentioned in it Abraham and Isaac and Joseph and Moses. They're our inheritance. They're part of that genealogy. You can go to Edinburgh to the registrar's office and you can go in and you can go through all the books and you can find out who your granddad's granddad is and you can find out what village they came from and was he a miner, or was he a carpenter. Oh, my dad was a farmer. How exciting, brilliant my great grandad. Some people like that. My genealogy is in the Bible. So if I want to know who I am and who the people that went before me are I just need to look in there. Because the Bible says if I'm Christ then I'm Abraham's seed. I'm heir according to that promise that Abraham got. And the Jews put a huge thing in genealogy. You know, Jesus says, You spend all your time talking about this today. They were missing it. Their genealogy was standing right in front of them. They were heirs if they'd only seen it. And Christ has made us, every one of us, heirs to his kingdom. And all heirs to something that's coming. But what does the Bible say? What is the mystery of Christ? Christ in us, the hope of glory. We've got that. We've got it now. We've received the blessing. You know the political said asked for it early, squandered it We've got it, God's given us Everything, the token is in us There's nothing else that we need So I'll finish If ye be Christ then ye are So if ye is a us, okay. So just to sum up then The first one Was about All men knowing that your are disciples If ye love one another And my challenge is do we love one another or do we just simply say hello to one another? Do we love one another? And that's a challenge to me as well. The next one is... says, you can be his friends, but you've got to do whatsoever he commands. Do we do that? Are we living a life that we're doing whatsoever Christ commands us? Are we walking in his perfect will? Do we even know what his perfect will for us is? I mean... This morning we heard, you know, God's got a ministry for us all. Do we know what that is? Are we walking in it? Or are we missing the mark? Are we we just not sure? And have you laid hold of him? And are you laying hold of him? We are children. I don't think there's people here that aren't children. But are we laying hold of Christ? To achieve that blessing, to be all, all that we are and all that we can be in Christ. And finally, and most of us all, us know no answer to this. Are we Christ? Do we really know that we're Christ? Are we settled so much that there's nothing could shake us from that truth? That we have his inheritance in him. You're all his children, if ye. So let's, attend. not to, I don't want that to be legalistic you know there's stuff we've got to do for our salvation I don't believe in legalism, I've been in a legalistic church and it's the most horrible place in the world to be yeah but there are responsibilities in Christ No, you know a wee airy f- fairy gospel it's not a wee just do what you want gospel here and Now, I there's people that are mature that know what I'm saying there's things that we need to do to press on into Jesus and receive every one of his blessings so let's just pray Father God we thank you Lord for your word that it goes as a truth, Lord, that helps us to understand where we stand and the wonderful things that we have in You, Lord. But also shows us the things that we need to do in response. We pray, Father, You forgive us for the many, many times, Lord, that we don't meet that standard. And Lord, that You help us and give us strength to be able to do. It. In Jesus' name, we ask. Amen.